Get ready to light up and level up with High Level Chronicles, a captivating podcast that brings together gaming, cannabis, and engaging conversations. What's up, levelers? Welcome back to another episode of High Level Chronicles, the podcast where we dive deep into the realms of gaming, cannabis, and all things entertaining. I'm your host, Chris, and today we are taking a trip into the green world of cannabis cultivation. But first, we have a housekeeping item to discuss. I am beyond excited to announce that High Level Chronicles has a new co-host. No reason to delay. This man was a guest on the last episode that we actually had to shoot multiple times because of numerous errors, whatever. Uh, He was just such a cool dude, and, and we clicked right away, and he was like, hell yeah, man, let's fucking do this shit. So, Brian, welcome to the HLC family. What's going on? What's up? So, as always, everybody, let's kick things off with everyone's favorite, the Leveled Up segment. What are you all leveling up on this week? Hit us up on our social at HLC Podcast 420. Hashtag HLC Podcast 420. Let's hear from some of your comments over the last week or so. Jason G says... I leveled up on Elder Scrolls and ate some magic brownies. Oh, that sounds... I like magic brownies. I like where you're going with that. Urgent X 44 says, I smoked some banana and apples from SunMed and watched a new show on Netflix called Fool Me Once. It was a wild ride, especially high AF. I watched that show. Me and my wife watched Fool Me Once. It was a... I watched that yet. I think it was... If I remember right... I'm, I'm horrible with names, but I'm pretty sure that was the one that was set overseas where her husband, they thought her husband was alive or something. I don't even remember. It's a wild ride, though. I know that for sure. I'm to check that out. Uh, yeah, for sure. At 28 days later, but it's 28 days later, I accidentally ate 400 milligrams of edibles thinking that they were a different milligram. So to say I leveled up is an understatement. <laughs> well... I have not been there. I know usually exactly what I'm taking. I'm usually pretty conscious, but um, I think it might have been my first episode, maybe even my second. I went to see a comedy show uh, here in Frederick a while back, and one of the comics talked about his edible experience, and and I talked about that on the show. You have to look him up. His name's Chris Allen. He, He did the same thing. Took a Took a took too many edibles and yeah, this his story's funny to say the least. <laughs> but levelers, if you want to be featured on this segment, just let us know what you're leveling up on this week. What strains have you been toking on? What games you've been conquering? Or maybe you found some hidden gems on Netflix, like our one leveler did. Hit us up on social at HLC Podcasts or use the hashtag HLC Podcast 420. Share your experience. Now, let's get to the good stuff. This episode is sponsored by High Level Hydro. What better sponsor to have when we're talking about cultivation? High Level Hydro brings you everything you need in your growing journey from seed to harvest. Visit their website, highlevelhydro.com, or find them on all your favorite social media channels at High Level Hydro. Are you ready to level up your harvest? Look no further than High Level Hydro, Maryland's number one seed and supply store. At High Level Hydro, we take you from seed to harvest with expert advice and top-notch products from AC Infinity, Mars Hydro, The Bucket Company, and more. Visit our website at highlevelhydro.com for a vast selection of premium seeds, cutting-edge grow supplies, and everything you need for a bountiful harvest. 
High Level Hydro, where success grows from seed to harvest. Your journey to superior yields starts now. Visit highlevelhydro.com or at High Level Hydro on your favorite social media. Today, we're diving into a world that's as green as the potions we chug in some video games, cannabis cultivation. Yep, we're talking about growing the good stuff, the Mary Jane, the devil's lettuce. You get the drift, whatever you want to call it. But we're not just scratching the surface. We're going to dive deep into this soil of knowledge. Pun intended there. So just like High Level Hydro from Seed to Harvest, we're going to explore the ins and outs of growing this green goodness. So, Brian, we know you were a guest on the last episode. So for those that haven't listened, and since you are the new co-host, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I am a full-time mechanic. I'm a father of two. I'm an active medical cannabis user. Use it in various parts of my life. A big gamer, big streamer. Well, not a big streamer. Little time streamer. Like to stream a lot. You like to stream? Yes. Like to stream a lot. Um, other than that, I play music and I spin fire also on my free time. Awesome. So. Now that y'all got just a little background on Brian, you can listen to our last episode to get more info on him. Let's start from the ground up. Again, pun intended. <laughs> what's, what's the first thing someone needs to know about cannabis cultivation? Well, when we talk about cannabis cultivation, we're not just talking about throwing some seeds in the dirt and hoping for the best. I mean, yeah, you could do that if you want, but to me, it's more of more of an art, a science. I mean... In other words, there's levels to this shit. You know what I'm saying? So Definitely. let's start. Let's start with the basics, which is the life cycle of the cannabis plant. The life cycle consists of several different stages from seed germination all the way through harvest. So a quick overview of a typical life cycle of, of cannabis plants. You know, I mean, you got the germination stage. So you got your seed, right? Hopefully you got that seed from high level hydro. But wherever you got it from, hopefully it's some good, strong genetics. That's going to be your main thing. Think of that seed as the character creation screen in your favorite video game. You get to choose your strain. You choose your genetics. You know what you want your profile to be. That's your character. You know, right there and there. Now you plant that seed in soil. You give it some water, some light. And soon enough, hopefully, if all goes well, you get a little sprout. It's like the early levels of a game, right? I mean, you're, you're just getting started. So, you know, you don't got a lot. You just got that little little thing of it. So the life cycle begins with the germination of a cannabis seed. This process involves the seed absorbing water, splitting open, allowing the taproot to come out, you know, emerge. And then germination is often initiated by placing the seeds in some type of moist environment, whether it be, I don't know, Brian, what do you usually use? What's your, what's your go-to for germination? A you throw it in a paper towel? Yeah, I figured. Bagging. See, and and right temperature, right humidity. There's really no, there are so many ways to germinate a seed. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, uh, just to be honest, I throw them in a cup of water, put it in a drawer in it, like in my desk right here and leave it. I literally just throw it in the water and literally within 24 hours, I'm almost guaranteed to have a, you know, the tail on it and ready to go in soil for the most part. So I've done the, you know, the, the paper towel and yeah. plastic bag, whatever works perfectly fine. Don't get me wrong, but I found it just easier. Why not just throw it in some water? It's right there and it's ready to go. You know what I mean? I don't have all the extra stuff, but either way, no right or wrong way. I mean, of course people might argue that, but I'm not going to argue whatever you want to do, man. We're all here for the same reason, right? So once the seed is germinated, it enters into what I think most people call the seedling stage, right? So during this phase, the 
the plant starts developing its its first set of leaves, which are generally characterized by a single finger, so to speak. Um, seedlings require a gentle light source, but relative humidity. So you don't want to, you can really over, you, if you have the lights too hot, too high, you can burn up that seed, you know, that once it sprouts, you can really burn it up. After that, once it sprouts, kind of, you know, once you get it going, your plant's going to hit what most people call the vegetative stage. It's like leveling up, right? Yeah. This is where your plant's growing. It's getting stronger. You're developing those iconic fan leaves that everybody knows weed for, right? Marijuana, everybody loves the, the leaf. I mean, hey, let, tell me, man. I know I did this all the time back in school days. Did you ever just start fucking drawing leaves on shit? Like, oh, I, I didn't even smoke back then. I, I was still drawing the leaves. It's because it's a, it, you know, it's just a symbol, right? I mean, everybody knows that leaf. It's 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 a symbol. So just like the leaves, you know, it starts growing those leaves. It's just like leveling up in a video game. Your plant's getting ready for the challenges ahead. Inside, you know, in that vegetative stage, the plant focuses on, on growing larger and developing more leaves and branches, right? So we want more, you know, bud sites. So that's what we want. We want to create bud sites for this plant because... Everybody wants the most out of the harvest, right? I mean, when you grow, you want your, you know, you want to maximize your yield, right? I mean, that's what most people want. So that's why I say this is like an art and a science. If you're not treating it right, you're not going to get the yield that you probably, you know, are expecting. But this is the period when the plant establishes establishes its, you know, robust root system, so to speak. So at that point, the plant needs plenty of light during this stage. Many growers, I don't know what you use, but most growers use a light cycle of 18 hours of light and six hours of darkness during the vegetative stage. 18.6 is what they call it, the schedule. And we're talking photo period seeds here. I'm not talking autoflowers. Um, if you all want to get autoflowers, pre that's pretty much the easiest way to do it is just set it and forget it. But there's pros and cons to autos. Um, yes. I might as well go. I, well, we, we can talk about that on a whole. That's a whole other thing. I grow both. But the standard light schedule in the vegetative stage, whether it's auto, whatever, is 18.6. I think that's pretty much the norm for, you know, most people growing. Once it hits that flowering stage, so when your plant's ready and you're ready to flip that light cycle to what we call 12-12, 12, 12, 12, light, 12 hours of light, 12 hours of darkness, that is essentially flipping it to what's called now the flowering stage. And, you know, you see your, your bud sites, right? You, you already know where they're going to come from because you have your little, I don't even know, what are those called? Calyxes, I think, um, you know, across the whole plant. So you can tell where your bud sites are going to be. But the flowering stage is where where things really get interesting. It's like reaching the climax of, of your game, your story, right? Your plant's producing those those beautiful bud sites, and that's when the magic happens. It's sort of game over for the plant, but it's just the beginning for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> the flowering stage is when, you know, the cannabis plants produces those flowers. It's the phase where the plant devotes energy to the production of cannabinoids and terpenes. You know, the light cycle, like I said, switch to 12-12. The length of the flowering stage really is going to vary on on your strain there's really I, I can't even say there's an average because every strain is going to be different and that's why i say it's really yeah it, and once you start growing you start learning you start learning how to read your plant so you know when it's time one thing i think the general public or general knowledge when it comes to the harvest time when those buds are ready you know when you're ready that flowering stage is over and you're ready to give it the chop you're ready to put it into dry stage you know drying it and whatever i think most people check the the trichomes yeah, they, you know, they look for the trichomes you want, you know, whether they're cloudy, are they amber, you know, I think there's a general consensus, so to speak, maybe, uh, but about 
I think what most people look for is about 20% amber or so, depending on the strain, somewhat more amber. The thing with that is the more amber trichomes you have, the more couch lock sedative that strain is going to be. So if you're going, if you're, if you're looking at those trichomes through a magnifying glass, a microscope, whatever you're looking at it through, and, and it's 70, 80% amber, I don't care if that was a sativa strain, you're probably going to get some couch lock embedded in. It's just how, just how it happens. You learn to read your plant. So Anyway, after the flowering's complete, it's harvest time, right? Picture it like you're completing the game. The reward's in those buds. It's time to enjoy the fruits of your labor. But that's where a lot of people mess up. The journey doesn't just end there. You don't just cut it and start smoking it. No, no, no. My fellow levelers, that's just the beginning, really. And to me, the harvest stage is when you cut the plants ready for harvesting. It's crucial. It depends on factors such as strain, desired effects, like we said, the appearance of the trichomes. And I know we didn't touch on, but trichomes, if anybody doesn't know, that's those like the little tiny resin glands on the buds. So you can see if they're perfectly clear, they start to turn cloudy after the clip and then they turn amber. That's when, you know, it's using up all everything. So you're harvesting, you're cutting down the plants, you're trimming the buds, and then you dry and cure to enhance the flavor and potency. That's where a lot of people mess up. They don't dry it properly. They don't cure it properly. After the harvest, the buds are typically dried to reduce the moisture con content because they, you know, they've, they've been soaking up all that water and nutrients that you've been feeding it this whole time. Proper drying helps prevent mold. It ensures a smoother smoking experience. If you don't dry it correctly, it's, it could be harsh. Following drying, the buds undergo a curing process where they are stored in some type of controlled environment. That's where you're really enhancing the flavor, the aroma, just the overall quality of the bud, right? Curing is, it's like the post-game content. You're, you're refining your product, enhancing the flavors and potency. And just like DLCs make a great game even better. Curing takes your buds to the next level. So, uh, what's your when when you grow, man? What do you? What's your go-to curing? Are you a mason jar guy? Or are you? Yeah, uh, definitely a mason jar guy. Uh, yeah, I used time. to be. I used to be a mason jar guy, and those things, man, they I just get to the point that I have too many of them. They're so heavy, and they take up a lot of space. So, one thing I switched to after much hesitation, but after trying it and comparing it, is Grove bags. And heard of them. Grove bags. Let me actually here's a set, set, this is something similar, but it's just a you know a Myler bag. But the Grove bags aren't these are just this is just a generic Myler bag from a company, right? So Grove bags are specifically made for curing and storage. You don't have to burp them. You don't have to do none of that shit. So you don't have to, you know, take your lid off, shake your buds around, or, or maybe you got the burp lids. They even make burp lids, you know, where you can stick a thing on there and suck out the air. So you don't have, but either way, grow bags, man, it's literally set it and forget it. You put the shit in the bag. After you trim it up, as long as the key with the Grove bags, though, you really have to stick to what they say on the moisture. So you want to when you're drying your buds, you want to make sure that use a moisture meter. I've got one right here for anybody doesn't doesn't know moisture meter. You can put it in your bud. They're cheap. They're on Amazon. I mean, you can get them, whatever. But Grove bags, Grove, the company recommends 10 to 12 percent moisture content on your buds. That if you once you're drying, once it reaches between 10 and 12 percent, I usually pull it out right around 11 is what I try to go for. Once you get to 11 percent, bro, like you put it in your Grove bag and it'll keep the humidity right at 60 percent. Like it'll keep it a perfect level. Like ain't no no shit. Like I don't know. How, it's just the the technology and the bags and everything. It just keeps it a perfect level. And I usually give it about a month. So I'll throw my shit in there. Give it about a month. 
I'll pop open the bag and smell it. And usually it's just the best smelling, you know, and it's so smooth. I, I think the first time I ever used grow bags, it was on a plant that I grew in called, it was purple Panama red, which is a very pretty much hundred percent sativa. It was the first, <laughs> it was the first, um, first auto flower I had that pulled 11 ounces Damn. off an auto flower. And if anybody knows auto flowers, Usually five to six is pretty good for an autoflower, but this one just blew up, man. I it it blew up and I pulled almost everything. It was 10, 10, 6 or ten seven. I can't remember exactly. It's been legally, it's only been since July first, but it's been a while. But yeah, it pulled a good bit off, and I threw it in that grow bag, bro. And bro, I smoked that shit for a long time. It was great. It, it, now that's all I use is grow bags. I don't I don't fuck with the jars anymore. I only use jars for. <laughs> I converted all my mason jars and everything to you know, tinctures or oil or you know stuff like that butter or whatever maybe just using them for that but yeah man i don't i don't mess with the the dry it's too much weight those grow bags weigh nothing you know what i mean whatever your weight yeah. of your butt is and, and and i'll even buy the um i tested it too like i said i, I tested the grow bags quite a bit before i was convinced so i bought the i don't have any only but you know those little uh humidity readers you can get on amazon wireless just little fucking things yep where i threw them in grow bags and just to check you know see what it was and then it was always you know and i even threw a um Bovita pack in there just to see okay. and it never changed. So they all kept everything kept right at the same. So it was true. It kept 60 to 62% roughly, you know, is what it, <laughs> what it kept the humidity at and no burping, easy storage. Good to go. I have to give me some of them. So next time we gave you the basics on, you know, growing the process, but let's talk about cultivation techniques. So there's, there's hydroponics, you know, which is like water. You're growing in water, no soil. Then there's soil and aeroponics, which I have never done. I have actually never done hydroponics. I want to try it. My main concern is everything I read, everything I've learned about hydroponics, you have to keep the main, the main thing is keeping the water temperature at a certain level. And I haven't figured out an easy way to do that without spending a bunch of money on a chiller. <laughs> you know, I ain't trying to do all that. So I got soil. What did we, what do you, what was your go-to man? What do you do? Soil. soil. Yeah, What's soil your, um, okay. So indoor or outdoor? Both. So that's like, you know, choosing between single player or multiplayer modes. You know, indoor, indoor gives you control. Like a solo game, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, outdoors, like a fucking open world. You know, you're <laughs> at the mercy of nature, but the rewards from outdoor, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I really sir. want, so this year I really want to do, I actually need to probably start when I'd like to start a plant, get it going, you know, get that, get a nice root system, get everything built up and then stick it outside once spring hits after that frost hits and just see, just let it go. I don't want to, I'm not going to give it any fucking water. I'm not going to give it anything. I'm just going to let uh-huh. it be just like it was in its regular environment and you know, just to test and see what happens. But I use living soil, so I don't, do nutrients so i do a, i do a living soil so i think it'd be all right it would probably my only concern with that is even using a living soil outside is the time frame so long that i don't think that the living soil can keep up that long you know what i mean and especially when it's flowering if you have a plant that you know imagine them i don't know what an eight foot bub plant just an eight foot uh, you know that's small actually you know to some but hey but yeah that's good that, that living soil ain't going to do it so you're going to have to use some type of new stuff i don't know i haven't figured out I like to try different things, man, and just see what happens. I mean, I got I, I, I use um, Fox Farm from outdoor. Oh yeah, I used to use Fox Farm. Um, I don't like liquid newts anymore. Really, I didn't like the measuring the whole liquid. I got you. Yeah. Hmm. Also, I found out too, man. I like Fox Farm soil, but the Fox Farm nutrients 
I just never could get a consistency out of it. I would do exactly. I would watch and everything and it was either too hot or not enough. And I just could never get the, consi- you know, it just seemed like it was, I don't know. I just couldn't get anything out of it. Yeah. They're so I use their soil more than I use their nutrients. I really like their soil though. I like the happy frog and the ocean forest. That's mm-hmm. the two. You mix them together. Well, you can't really. Uh, I mean, you can, but even mixing them together might be too hot for a seedling if you do a direct plant. I don't like to. So I know a lot of people do the uh, method of transplanting, you know, mm-hmm. into different. I don't like. I mean, I just like to give it in its final home, let it be and fucking grow. You know what I mean? I don't want to mess. I don't want to give it any more shock than it needs than necessary. So what I like to do when I use Fox Farm, I don't use it. Like I said, I'm more living soil now. When I did Fox Farm, I would use ocean forest for most of it. But the then I would carve out like a solo cup size hole and fill it with happy frog for the seedling to get. So by the time the root system reached out into the ocean forest soil, it needed those nutrients to start growing more. I had a really good, really good outcome with that, but just doing top dressing. But I, that's pretty much the only time I've used the Fox farm. Cause I, like I said, I go to living soil now. So I get cheap plug nature's living soil, man. I get all my, you know, I get the, I use the auto flower concentrate for autos. I use the, you know, regular concentrate for photos. So I haven't had a bad experience. The only bad thing I can say about it is the smell at first when it hit. I mean, cause it's living soil. So when it, people say it smells like shit, I mean, it is, it's a little yep. shit. What else do you expect? You know, it, it stinks. So that's been the only complaint. Uh, but you have a good ventilation system we're using inside. I don't smell anything inside. You know what I mean? Yeah, I used uh, chicken shit, lye, and natural soil one time to grow one of my plants. Like I said, soil is the traditional way. Like playing a game on what? Normal difficulty. So it's forgiving. The flavors can be more robust. Hydroponics, on the other hand, <laughs> that's like playing a game in hard mode. It's faster. It's more precise. But the thing with that, like I said, man. You mess up and it could be game over. You know what I'm saying? That's also the same with autoflowers to me. People think, you know, we touched on this earlier, just when I mentioned throw an autoflower in a you know soil and let it go. People think that that's what I thought at first. I thought, let me grow autoflowers. I don't have to worry about light schedule. I don't have to worry about any of this shit, right? Throw the soil in. I'll keep the lights going. I'll keep water to it, nutrients or whatever. What I come to find out compared to photo periods, you can fix photo. If you're in like, say, the vegetative state and you, the nutrients are off and your fan leaves are going all fucking kerplunk, right? They're the different colors, whatever. You can fix that. You just leave it in vegetative stage longer, right? Don't flip the lights. Right. Stay on, get your nutrients right. Then flip it to flower when it's ready, when it's strong again, right? You have a, you have a full fucking plant ready to go. Autos, uh-uh. if you mess up on the nutrients, if you mess up and it starts, there is no stop it. It's going to go no matter what. You can't correct the action. So I thought, oh, well, I see it. So let me correct it now. Well, then the problem is it's, it just takes too long. By the time that flower is gone, you'd end up with a shitty fucking yield or something happens. But the learning experience, to say, the, to say the least, I think some of the key differences between soil and hydroponics when it comes to growing cannabis plants grown in soil rely on traditional soils or medium, right? So the soil can be mixed with various components like like you mentioned, like chicken, whatever, but perlite, vermiculite, cocoa core, hmm. other amendments, whatever that's, you know, most people use hydroponics in that system. Plants are grown with no soil. So instead they're placed in something like a rock wool or cocoa core perlite or clay pellets. Then they allow the roots to drop below that into a water type of system where the nutrients directly or, you know, delivered directly to the roots throughout the system instead of through soil. When it comes to soil nutrients in the soil, like I said, is usually some type of breakdown of organic matter. 
So like I said, fertilizers, mm-hmm. chicken boot, bat guano. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Hydroponics, they're usually dissolved in the water and delivered to the roots. So that allows for more precise control and easier adjustment. But like I said, I hear the biggest issue is the uh, water temperature. It has to stay below certain temp because you get warm water that introduces fun- any bacteria, anything in it. So I think we'll look into that though. I'd like to try a try hydroponics though to try it. But Plants in soil, they extract nutrients through natural processes like, or, you know, it involves what do you call microbial activity and organic decomposition. And with hydroponic, like I said, the nutrients are right there in the water. So it allows for faster absorption right into the roots. Soil too, the pH levels can be influenced by what's in the soil. So you have to monitor it a lot more. You have to watch that pH. People think that they're just, when they water their plants or whatever, they're checking the pH in the water. Most people fail to check the pH at runoff, which is the excess that comes off. What's it actually coming off at? You're not checking that. You don't know that you're actually using the right pH. You, your water might be pH right going in. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. Come, you know, you have to check what it is coming out. But hydroponics, it's all water, so you're pretty much standard. You, you realize what nutrients they raise it or lower it any. So it's it's real simple right there to correct. With soil though, when it comes to water usage, soil acts as like a reservoir for water, so it, it, it retains water, which you don't want to retain a lot because then you end up with root rot or whatever. But soil requires less frequent watering, where hydroponics water is just continually, you know, fucking circulated through the system and plants need more water and nutrient solutions because it's just constantly running. And and of course, natural evaporation, whatever may be, happens. So you have to watch it as well. I think soil also comes with higher like disease risks. So like soil borne diseases and pests, you know, I mean, Rips, all, there's all kinds of stuff. So, you know, with hydroponics, you can reduce the risk of any of those soil borne diseases. But like I said, you have to, well, it has to be sterile conditions still with hydroponics. It has to be sterile. And there's pros and cons to each. I mean, even the setup, I think soil cultivation is pretty much straightforward, right? I mean, in terms of setup and maintenance. So anybody can pretty much do and grow cannabis. Grab your pot, fucking soil, seed, water. That's your first uh, easy. But hydroponics, they require a little bit more of a setup. They require more maintenance, a little bit more monitoring. You know what I mean? So it's it's more, I think I look at hydroponics as more of a more advanced yeah. for advanced growers. It's just, I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> I'm still learning. So, you know, I still, I mean, I run good. So, you know, I mean, I can run good plants. I can get all that, but I just haven't. Ultimately, the choice between soil and hydroponics really depends on preference. I mean, experience, the goals of the cultivation. I think each method really has its own advantages and challenges. I think I've seen a lot of, I don't know, local cannabis, you know, the grower, when I say growers, I mean like some med that one of our levelers yeah. mentioned or grow west. I don't know what they, I don't really don't, I think they use a mixture of soil and hydro. I think they might have both set up. You, have you, do you know, know anything? I about? know grow west does both. I've seen pictures. That's why I'm thinking. I'm, I'm remembering a picture and I've, I'm pretty sure it was Grow West. They're out of Cumberland, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The West. West. Yeah. I think I did see where they had a soil and a hydro. Yeah. I know. I know Grow West does. I'm not sure about Sun Meds or anybody else around Maryland. Yeah. I don't. Hey, maybe one of our maybe one of our levelers out there works, has some insight. Hey, hit us up. These places that are providing our dispensaries. I say ours because we're all we're in Maryland here. You have to have a specific license to provide to the dispensary. So what are they using to grow? You know, what are y'all using to grow? Is, is most people using soil? I would assume as much soil. But I don't know. I guess. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Hydroponic sounds like it's straight out of a sci-fi game, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's just a lot going on. But like I said, the quality quality can factor in with, with the cultivation, the processing, the storage. Quality can, there's key factors when it comes to cannabis when it comes to the quality of cannabis. Like I said, strain genetics, right? <laughs> you know, the genetics makeup of the cannabis plant plays a crucial role in determining its characteristics. So flavor, aroma, potency, 
overall effects. Different strains have different cannabinoids and terpene profiles, which contribute to those unique qualities. The medium we talked about, the nutrients you use. The one nutrients that I actually just got, I haven't actually even used yet because I just got them in, is Foop. You heard of that? They're a Maryland company. I have not. It's called Foop. Said, can you figure out what the name means? Foop? F-O-O-P. No. It's fish, it's fish poop. Fish poop. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Foop. But they're out of Maryland. I found out they were out of Maryland. So I ordered some stuff. You know, I, I figure I like to support local. You know, I haven't tried it yet. I've heard some good things about it from other growers in the community, but I haven't tried it yet. I'm going to try it. That's going to be my next, next grow. I'm going to try that foop and see how well, it, you know, see how it does. Hey, say, hey, my main thing is, you know, my setup. I don't know if you know, my setup is a, my main setup is a bucket company system. So I have the bucket, you know what the bucket company is? Mm-hmm. So I have their setup. I have a setup from them. So I have a water reservoir on a timer. Everything's automatic. So I don't really have to mess with a lot. So they say my biggest thing with that, why I use living soil is because a lot of times in these systems where you have automatic, you know, feeding, watering, nutrients can clog up those just like your arteries, like cholesterol clogs up your arteries. They can form stuff around and clog it up to where it's not giving the full water amount out, outputting. So Foop says they theirs won't mess with it whatsoever. So, um, you know, okay. all of them say that. Um, don't get me wrong. All of them say they'll work, but I've heard stories, man. <laughs> I've heard some stories from some really popular uh, nutrient lines. I won't say any names and it's not Fox Farm or anybody we've mentioned, but that have clogged up systems, even though they say it's 100 percent right. safe. And it's not that it's expensive if you clog up. You know, what I mean, it's just a fucking mess, especially if you have a bucket, you know, like I, it's just you have different pipes going different ways. And, you know, if you have an advanced setup, if you have more than two plants for, or three plants, four, whatever, it can get tricky with those systems. So finding out where it's clogged, you just have to pull everything and check you know what i mean so it can be a hassle uh yeah it can be hassle i prefer ac infinity for my setups that's what i use for everything pretty much what about you what's your go-to for like for grow equipment who do you usually use for most of your or what brand well my tent's gorilla tent and then i use um the little kevlar bags kevlar bags yeah the little kevlar grow bags with the mesh in the bottom mm. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know the company's name off the top of my head. Okay. I um, got them from a place out in Michigan when I was out there. A buddy of mine that grew out there used them, and I really liked them. And they can be transported from inside to outside soil if you want. You just drop the bag straight in the ground. So you, um, if anybody doesn't know, you make a lot of edibles and, and you know stuff like that. So when you're not growing and using that, because we know how much flour it can take to make some edibles you know uh what are you are you getting this from dispensaries or just on the street you know what i mean wherever you get it from, i'm saying you're not growing it are you buying the stuff to make edibles then yeah so you're not growing your dispensaries or i have other buddies that grow and i'll get a lot of trim from them yeah i remember you talking about that on the last one i think you had some trim and shake yeah we'll take some trim and shake from other other growers around the area other friends of mine yeah i never thought about that you know maybe not from growers but even dispensaries i see sometimes selling shake you know, or not really, or just uh, what do they call it? Uh, fucking pre-ground or pre-ground, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's shake. We know what it is, right? <laughs> so that would actually, now that I'm thinking about it, probably get a good sell, stock up with some yeah, that, so and probably make some good edibles out of that. A lot of times I'll find like the $100 ounces of the pre-ground, and I'll go scoop that up, and I'll make pure edibles out of all that. Just use it for edibles. What if I told you there was a place I could hook you up with you can get ounces of the pre-ground, $25. Oh, shit. See what I'm saying here? $50. Maybe even $50. You may have most $50. I mean, even $50. That's still a good deal for this. Some pre, you know what I mean? Or wait, maybe it wasn't an ounce. Oh, even then. No, it was a half ounce for $25. Even then. So, yeah, an ounce would be $50, right? Yeah. yeah. 14 grams, $25, 28 
50. Yeah. And then this place also provides some coupons from now on time. So you can probably end up getting it for even less. I'll tell you offline. I ain't trying to give my plug away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I love this place. They have some good shit. They are. You know, they have some really good, really good side. I'm talking good flour, good concentrates, good edibles. Like they have peach rings that are 150 milligrams and they sell them by the 10 pack. Right. So you're talking 1500 milligrams. And you know how much those run? I mean, you, you know, dispensary around here, you don't even go get that high, but $35. How much you sell some for? Yeah, bro. I'm telling you, it's, 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 this is a fucking good, it's a good book. Anyway, we're going off on a track back to growing. That's what this whole topic is about. We were talking about some of the things that can affect your growing. So everything we were talking about curing and drying. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about was was trimming. The way cannabis flowers are trimmed, that can affect the final product's appearance and quality too, because you can actually knock off a lot of trichomes if you're not trimming right. I have bought some untrimmed from dispensaries before. It actually wasn't bad. It, it almost wasn't much different than the trim that I bought right. from the dispensary. So I don't know where they get their untrimmed. I haven't I haven't bought it enough to really understand it, I guess. Have you ever bought untrimmed flowers? Yes, from I, I actually buy it all the time. They will have some more leaves on them. They have a few more, you know, sugar leaves sticking not, out here or there, but it's... They're not as pretty as some of the other buds that you can get from there. So that's why they But honestly, it smokes just the same. So when you usually, if you're Right, like say you're say you're gonna pack a bowl, right? Everybody's packed mm-hmm. a bowl before. Do so you have a bud and it's do you try to take up so when you're grinding it up, you have to before you grind it. So when you take your nug and you put it in a grinder, or whatever I'm assuming most people use a grinder, right? I mean it's right. it's it's 2024. Come on, people. You know what I'm saying? When you break up your nug to put in a grind, do you try are you one of those people? And I'm one of these people, so I'm just asking if you I wonder if I'm weird here. I try to pick off every little sugar leaf there is. Like I don't like not, the sugar I, I'm picky on that, bro. <laughs> not the leaf so much. Um stems I definitely pick through and pick my stems out. Well, of course stems. But I'm talking sugar leaves. That, to nah, me, nah, I don't care. When you leave sugar leaves on, if you know, it can make for a harsher experience. It's just not as smooth. And I'm just very I'm just It can. It can. I'm very particular about my weed i'm very particular on how i smoke you know what i mean maybe it's not me it's my fucking wife i mean i don't blame her she's the one that's like this is harsh i I want a different one you know what i mean so maybe it's her i'm blaming her for this she's the one that got me like this because she's (laughs) miss i want everything perfect i don't want heart i want smoke she don't even roll her own shit bro i I roll all that shit for her you know what i'm saying like come on same (laughs) i mean she she'll she will uh, she would she i don't even know she would fucking know how honestly man i think that's how you know that's how it became about i think i told you must like Actually, I told you this story when on our first recording that we ended up not even using, but yeah. she became a medical patient because her doctor, you know, said, hey, try this. Maybe it'll be beneficial instead of taking narcotics or whatever. So I became her caregiver. And that's when I started studying everything. You know what I mean? So it just became natural that I started doing everything because I'm the one that had smoked before. You know what I mean? I smoked. Right. Weed. I, it's me. She, when we first met, uh, you know, I, I want to say until 2020 or whenever it was that she got her car. This girl, I'm telling you, dude, she had never smoked a cigarette. She had never smoked a joint, never smoked anything in her life. Never done any fucking thing besides drink. Straight edge. Damn. She was one. She was, she, she'll tell you, she was literally one of those people that had the stigma. You know what I mean? Towards thinking if you smoked, you were a pothead and that was that. Even though she had been around, we've talked about, I was the president of a motorcycle club. My vice president was the biggest fucking pothead I've still to this day, besides Wiz Khalifa. I mean, we're not talking celebrities here, but smoke non-fucking stop, bro. Like, I'm telling you, he had a bunt ready to roll at every fucking minute. And if he didn't have one, he wasn't functioning normally. You know what I'm saying? So she had been around this. You know, still never tried it. You know, he would hand it to me. Here, man, hit it. You know, I'd hit it, but she never would try it. And she still had that stigma, though, even though she saw 
you know, he smoked nonstop, but he was a cool guy. You know what I mean? He never, you would never know that he was, you know, he, he wasn't your typical stoner. You know what I'm right. saying? Like he didn't put off that, that vibe, that persona that like, uh, you know, what, what you would think of as a typical, like think of half baked, right? The movie, whatever. So she still had that stigma though, but until she tried and then once she tried it, she's like, man, why did I, why, why did I wait so long? And I think that's a lot of people out there. I think a lot of people just don't know, don't understand. There's some serious knowledge dropping, bro. Like we've talked about the cultivation. Let's get a bit personal for our levelers, though. What strains, again, what strains are you guys cultivating? Why did you choose them? How are you growing them? Are you growing soil? Are you growing hydroponics? Indoors, outdoors? Our sponsor, High Level Hydro, is going to give one of our levelers out there a free pack of seeds to grow. So make sure you're following our social media. Share your experience on growing using the hashtag HLC Podcast 420. We're going to choose a random winner at the end of the month to get a free pack of seeds from High Level Hydro. It'll be your pick, they've said. It can be even their exotic line of seeds. It'll be a three pack, but you can pick any strain you want from them. They, they've already said no, no, no cost to you. All, you know, just share your story with us. Let us know. But don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Green Insights. Are you ready to level up your harvest? Look no further than High Level Hydro, Maryland's number one seed and supply store. At High Level Hydro, we take you from seed to harvest with expert advice and top-notch products from AC Infinity, Mars Hydro, The Bucket Company, and more. Visit our website at highlevelhydro.com for a vast selection of premium seeds, cutting-edge grow supplies, and everything you need for a bountiful harvest. High Level Hydro, where success grows from seed to harvest. Your journey to superior yields starts now. Visit highlevelhydro.com or at highlevelhydro on your favorite social media. Welcome back, levelers. We're knee-deep in our exploration of cannabis cultivation with the new co-host of the show, Brian, let's talk some challenges. I personally think one big mistake is not paying attention to the details. I don't know if you you, you do you watch do you watch Reacher? Have you seen Reacher on Prime? Uh, I have I've seen some of them. I haven't seen a whole lot. <laughs> so he has a saying there: details matter. He tells it there: details matter. And it's, I say that all, uh, now. It's my saying: details matter. So I think that's one big mistake. Just like in a game, details matter, right? Small things matter. Indeed. So. Too much water, too little water. These things add up. It's the details that separate a good harvest from a great one. It's it's all about balance. You need the right nutrients, the right environment. A lot of patience. I think it's like playing a strategy game. You know, you're, you're playing your moves, but you have to adapt to challenges and changes. And eventually, hopefully, you'll reap the rewards. What do you think? I fully agree. It's like a boss battle <laughs> every day in the grow room. <laughs> you know, I like... like <laughs> You, you're always you're always watching out, trying to stay one step ahead. What do you think, man? You got any pointers? Any any like things you can give to anybody maybe new to growing out there? Uh, do your research, man. Don't hesitate to take the time to read the books that are out there. Watch the YouTube videos that are out there. A lot of people have a lot of great knowledge on it, and I mean, teach their own. But definitely don't be afraid to take some knowledge from everybody else. Don't be afraid to experiment a little bit either. Yeah, and I, was, I think you ask fifty people, you're probably going to get forty five different answers on. How how should I grow? You'll learn your own way. I think most people will figure out their own. Try not to get, I said, I always tell this to people because I did this, try not to get too boggled down into too much information. I know it's good to check, read information and get your knowledge. But like what happened with me was I started watching a, a YouTube channel on growing. I really liked it, right? Really liked everything they were saying, doing. Then I started watching another YouTube channel. Really liked everything they said and were doing, except it was different. Then I watched another one. You know what I mean? I went down a rabbit hole and then it just became pick one. 
You know what I mean? You just got to start right, somewhere. Right. So it may seem a little overwhelming, but it's it's once you jump in, I think, you know, depending on where you are, I don't know where everybody's listening from. I, I check the stats. We have listeners uh, literally across the globe now. Many countries and states are still reevaluating their stance on cannabis legalization for for growing consumption, medical, recreational. Canada and many U.S. states have already legalized cannabis for recreational use, while there's quite a few that at least permit it for medical use. So I think there's a growing recognition of the benefits of cannabis, leading to more increased acceptance and legalization. The cannabis industry, of course, is vastly expanding every day, creating new economic opportunities and jobs. Entrepreneurs and investors are exploring various aspects of the industry, including cultivation, processing, retail. Here in Maryland, they just had, I think you maybe you remember, they just had their first entry for a new grower's license. And I think they had something like fucking 1,700 applicants, I think, for that. And they're, I, I just talked about this on an episode with Cerise Scott. I don't know how they're going to even pick who gets those licenses. Like, I don't understand it one bit, bro. They say socially impacted, whatever, whatever, and everybody apply. But how do they actually choose who gets it? I don't think anybody really knows. No, I do. But anyway, I think other countries are closely monitoring the developments here in the U.S. and, and you know, where cannabis has been legalized and are considering, you know, similar reforms on their own. I'd say predictions vary, but I expect continued legalization and destigmatization of cannabis. The industry is definitely poised for future growth and potential advancements in development and even medical applications. I don't know, man, what do you think? You think it's, I think we're, I think we're going on the right path right now. Yeah, I 100% agree. And more than just... The consumption of, of cannabis, you know, the the use of the plants and everything else afterwards, like we're definitely starting to make that peak again using hemp in day to day life. And it's uh, it's a great cycle for us to be going around in. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. What do you all think, levelers? You think we're everything's going in the right direction? I mean, could we speed it up? Sure. I mean, we can always say we can hurry up and do it. But hey, we're. Slowly but surely, it's all changing. I mean, we're, we're slowly changing. I know a lot of states are modeling other states, you know, when they start having these recreational and, and legalizing it. And it's only a matter of time until the federal government reschedules it at that point. Mm-hmm. Who knows what? One thing I just heard today, and I don't know how true it is. Actually, I was listening to a podcast today. Psilocybin, mushrooms, is that they're talking about rescheduling it, too, because yes. that, I mean, it's a whole other topic. But psilocybin and mushrooms, I think there's 10 times the benefits compared to weed of what people can do with psilocybin. I mean, there's so much you can do with that. Therapeutically, I have I have read so many stories of people that just completely changed their life. Just one one dose. So when you say dose, everybody's dose is different. But just one trip has changed their life for the better. Uh, A little knowledge on that. Maryland was actually one of the... uh first states to use psilocybin in therapy sessions really um shady grove back before 1977 i want to say it was is when it got shut down they were actually using psilocybin in there for their mental patients to really help them yes so i heard so i did see it's a full disclaimer here we're gonna go in a little we're gonna make this episode a little bit different i mean not different but we're gonna talk about mushrooms here for a minute i never did mushrooms until a couple years ago all right i mean i did mushrooms back in my teenage and it was completely but i'm saying like i never really looked into much you know using it as medicine until a year or two ago and when i looked up the information i was looking up that something similar to what you're talking about legal like where i could go maybe mm-hmm. to have the dose and have the experience and, and i remember maryland coming up um for something yeah. but i think most of everything i saw was dc and i think it's because so, dc's decriminalized 2021 
they started doing research again in Maryland with psilocybin. It's still very slim, but there are a couple doctors out there that are using it for their patients still. It just shows that we're advancing. You know, I mean, it's not technology because this is fucking, you know, it's nature. It's fungus. Let me ask you this, man. man. This is a whole other thing. We're going on another side trip here. As I think about it, you know, but you've done shrooms. I've done shrooms. We know what we know how. However, you want to look at it, it either unlocks a different area of your brain or unlocks more potential. Whatever. When I did my, I, I, what I felt, you know, my dose that I did that, you know, to try to just understand me, right? To just mm-hmm. try. That's what I wanted to go into for. I really came out of it thinking, <laughs> like, this is weird to say, especially lie, like people don't even know, but like death doesn't bother me anymore. And I still don't think that to this day, like it doesn't bother. Like I'm not, I used to be scared. Like when am I going to die? Like what, how now I'm just like, no, we're bigger. They're so, we're so, we're so minuscule to what's out there. <laughs> like people have no idea. And I say people have no idea, but that's what I experienced. But after you read and listen to everybody, 99% of them are going to tell you the same fucking thing. Yes. We are nothing compared to what's really out there. You know what I'm saying? And that's, we're going to have to do an episode on this, like a, a whole episode, because it's definitely one. That, I mean, we could talk for hours on it, but. Oh yeah, 100%. Dude, I I don't know. It's a whole different thing. And, and it's funny, we're, we're going to, t- we're talking about me- how any of this stuff can be used for medical. I am more and more, I'm not, I am not the conspiracy theory guy, right? I, don't, I mean, there's, there's things I question, don't we? I question everything, but I am questioning now what I put in my body as far as medicine. Yes. And let me tell you why. Just yesterday, I went and had blood work done. I'm a diabetic. I think everybody knows me, knows I'm diabetic. So I have blood work done every few months just to make sure everything's in line. And I get my lab work done at the same place every time. And they send it to two doctors every time. My main diabetic doctor, my endocrinologist, and they sent it to my primary care doctor, right? Just so they both had the information. So yesterday I went and had my blood work done. This morning I get an email from LabCorp who did the blood work. Your results are ready to view, right? So I hop on, I look, everything looks good. Everything's green the green, right? All my numbers. Then I get a message from my primary care doctor. Your lab results are in. Everything looks good. Well, yeah, I already looked at it, right? I know. You t- I saw it, but I get you're just letting me know. But when I got on his, I noticed something different. His numbers were completely different than the numbers that I had at LabCorp, that LabCorp showed me. Now, why is that? You, 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 it should be the same fucking results, right? So now I'm questioning, why does this say one thing, your results say another? Now, Here's what I'm going to do. And this is maybe for a future episode. We can come back to this tomorrow. I have an appointment with my diabetic doctor in the morning to go over these results in person. Right. I'm going to see what his say. I've already taken screenshots of my primary care and the ones from LabCorp, which should be the fucking same because there's no difference in them compared to what his is. And let me tell you, if there's three fucking different numbers, what the fuck? Like something's how the fuck can you have three different numbers? It's one test result that you're just sending the results to different people. Why are the results different than the main one? You know what I mean? Like why? And then you tell me, so that made me start questioning everything. Why I'm saying this is, can they manipulate? I mean, I'm sure they can manipulate. I'm not a conspiracy guy, but are they manipulating numbers? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are they saying people need medicine when they don't? You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I just start making me question everything. Like, pharmaceutical like, what? companies are I mean, that's what's wrong. the legalization of marijuana. Bro, I'm telling you, I, I have never really questioned results, my lab result until now. And that's because I, and maybe I never paid attention before, but I paid attention this time. And now I fucking know those results are different, even though it's the same result. So why tomorrow is going to really tell me what I and I'm, then I'm going to question LabCorp. I'm really going to uh, maybe I'll share. I'm going to write an email. Like, why do you send me the results? But when you send them to my providers, they're two different numbers. And I'm not talking your it's three different numbers. Technically, my results that you show me, this doctor's results and this doctor's results. 
Why the fuck are they different? Makes no sense to me. Make it make sense, yeah, right? Let me know how that goes. Yeah, so I said, we're going to come back to this. Oh, another episode. You know, it's just fucking weird. Like, that made me start questioning, you know, everything I've ever been told. I mean, it fucking makes me sound like conspiracy theorists. <laughs> I hate sound like it's not me. You know what I'm saying? But whatever. Anyway. All right, levers. Look, <laughs> we started to go down a rabbit hole. We're not going to do that. We've covered the basics. We've talked techniques. We've got some some growing insights. Now let's bring it all home. Cannabis cultivation and video games. They're about growth strategy and reaping the rewards. It's like a game of its own where you're the player, the cultivator. It's just an exciting time. But, you know, growing video, it's all fun. Have fun with it. That's what I want to get. Have fun with it. Before we wrap up, let me know your thoughts on today's episode. Drop your comments on our website, highlovehydro.com or social media at HLC Podcast. That's going to be a wrap for today's episode. Brian, any final thoughts for the levelers out there? Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep leveling up. (laughs) I don't even know. My brain's a little scambled right now. I'm not even going to lie. You might be leveled up on your own. As always, y'all, stay leveled up. We are out. Thanks for listening to High Level Chronicles. See you next time. Thank you again for listening to High Level Chronicles. Please help us grow by leaving us a review wherever you listen to us at, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Alexa. Your reviews will help our show grow and and help us reach a broader audience. Also, we are always looking for new show sponsors, so please reach out if you're interested. You can hit us on our social media or email us info at highlevelchronicles.com. Thanks again for listening.